Portions of Native Roots Radio may be pre-recorded. It's a good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanjahade. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, it's a Friday and we got State Senator Mary Kunish on and a lot going on. We were just talking before the show how much is going on here in the Twin Cities uh, via Indian country. And uh, can't wait for your update because, State Senator, I wasn't able to see you this weekend because we were like at different conventions and different things. But uh, I'm looking forward to your update. Welcome, as always, State Senator Mary Kunish. Aho, matakiape, everybody. It's so good to be here with you after a good week of uh, strong Indian influence here in Minnesota. Exactly. Wow. Uh, we won't. Uh, well, maybe we, why don't we jump into this? Your your sister was in town too, being a, one of the main speakers uh, out in uh, where I was in Shakopee. Uh, maybe just remind our audience what great uh, job your sister has right now and how she works for Indian country and the United States for that matter. Sure. So um, I have a sister. Actually, I have five sisters. <laughs> This sister uh, is my sister, Patrice Kunish, and uh, she was just recently um, confirmed to an appointment out uh, in the uh, Biden administration. She is, and I always forget her title, but she's going to, she is serving as the commissioner of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Service Administration for Native Americans, and they, they call it ANA. And so, uh, uh, she was just recently appointed and confirmed. Last year, she had to go through the um, the confirmation process, and it was long and arduous. But she's, um, you know, she's a, she's a good uh, fit for that position. She is an Indian law lawyer. She has worked for a number of the different tribes. She's worked for NARP, Native American Rights Fund, um, a number of times. And taught Indian law, um, started the uh, American Indian, oh, something at the Federal Reserve Bank. I forget what that is. So she's, oh, yeah. She, yeah, she's been all over, all over the place doing really good work and um, actually served uh, at uh, the Department of the Interior when um, Obama was in, yeah. was in office. And I got to go out to the second inauguration with her. Uh, and go through that whole uh, rigmarole and gala. It was beautiful. So, yeah, she is out there again uh, serving in that capacity and was uh, came back here this week to um, to speak at uh, the conference, the uh, national, it was, what was it called? Do you remember what it's actually called? I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. I got to look. It's the National Congress of American Indians, and they had a mid-year convention. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was uh, held down in uh, Shakopee. They were the host down there. And it was just absolutely fabulous. I went down there only for half a day because I um, I, um, had to speak at the Not Invisible Act Committee that was here. But um, it was so funny because I got to the... um, to the hotel in downtown Minneapolis to speak, uh, this, to speak at the not invisible. I was on a panel there and I walked in and like almost immediately these two men said, Oh, hi, Patrice. I said, I'm not Patrice. Wow. <laughs> I'm not Patrice. Uh, they were, had worked with her in the Obama um, oh, wow. administration. So, I mean, we are a year and a week apart in, in age um, we don't think we look like each other, but everybody, and then we were at the convention and people kept like, they'd look at me, they'd look at her, 
It's like, who's who, you know, which, which is which. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she gave a, a really good speech out there. I don't mm-hmm. know if you were able to hear it, Robert, but I was late getting there, but I did hang out with her for a while I, down at the convention. Yeah, it was a great speech. And I, I and I saw her the opening night, too. And uh, it was great to see her. I hadn't seen her since I was in Washington for ICWA, which is coming up, by the way, uh, yeah. I think the end of this month. Uh, that yeah, we should talk about that too. Yep. Yeah. Um, but th- that was the last time. And then she was gracious enough to be on, uh, the show with me when I was in Washington. Um, but yeah, it was great giving her hug. And, you know, I just got to say this. I hope this isn't sexist, but it's like, she seems like she looks younger every time I see her. Is that, oh. is that a, is that a Kunish uh, thing? You will love me, love to hear <laughs> that, Robert. <laughs> well, I was like, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. But, uh, Maybe it's just that I'm getting older. I don't know. But yeah, I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I so, think I think she was just so excited to get out there and do this work yeah. that, you know, she's just, you know, in a good place. And that kind of shows when you're when you're happy and you're feeling productive. Um, I think it really shows. Yeah. I really wanted to get out to the not visible, invisible uh, act uh, uh, gathering. And I know our friend Ruth Buffalo is there, too. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, just like we were saying, there's so much good stuff going on here in the Twin Cities and all over Turtle Island. Yep. So this week they had um, they had some hearings and committee hearings that were centering around um, law enforcement and jurisdiction. And as the author of the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Task Force here in Minnesota, mm. uh, they invited me to to speak there. And it was it was pretty incredible. We heard um, some really, really hard stories mm. um, from from uh, folks here in Minnesota, but also uh, from elsewhere. And there are a lot of good questions that were that were asked. Um, and for those of you who don't know what the Not Invisible Act is, there's a commission and um, Secretary Holland uh, kind of organized it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this Not Invisible Act in, was uh, signed into action in 2019. And it's um, the first bill in in, in our national history to be introduced and passed by four U.S. Congress members that were enrolled in their tribe. So this was a bill by four, um, our four uh, Native representatives out in the, um, in um, Washington, D.C. So, um, so they're looking at, um, uh, looking at the cross-jurisdictional issues that are happening around law enforcement, they're working with tribal leaders, our federal leaders, service providers. So this morning, I met up with them again at um, the Minnesota Indian uh, Women's Resource Center that Marissa Cummings is the uh, is the ED at, and she had they had a lot of really good questions about the work that she does for the community, um, and then of course the families and the community members. So what they this commission has to do, their task is to focus. Uh, uh, provide some recommendations and there are six different subcommittees focusing on improving intergovernmental coordination um, and establishing best case uh, best practices for the state uh, looking at the tribal and federal law enforcement to bolster any resources for survivors and victims family um, they're looking at how to combat the they they call it an epidemic of missing persons I call it a pandemic Mm-hmm. Uh, epidemic is sort of local, um, you know, like what was ha- if something went through the Twin Cities, that's an epidemic. Pandemic is global. And right. we know colonization is global. And mm-hmm. this is a global issue. So it's not just, you know, local. And um, they're also looking at mer- uh, the trafficking of our American Indian people. And um, they've just got a lot of work. One of the most important things I think we need to do is track and report data and share that data because we still don't have like a central data place. Um, We also need to figure out how we can coordinate our tribe and our state and our federal government, uh, not only in the data sharing, but addressing the violence. And so um, this 
this subcommittee was here in Minneapolis. And uh, as we said, Ruth Ann Buffalo, uh, former state rep uh, from North Dakota was there. It was so good to see her. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sad I missed it. Hey, let's talk, let's finish up uh, talking about this and talk about some more here. We're with State Senator Mary Kunish and we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. Gotcha, Haley. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And and some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. On Saturday, June 17th, Metro Transit is making changes to transit service within your community. As they do each quarter, they review and analyze their resources and ridership trends. These service adjustments to routes continue Metro Transit's ongoing work to best serve customers throughout their system with their given resources. A summary of the upcoming service changes and a preview of the updated schedules are available now at metrotransit.org. That's metrotransit.org. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman, one U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Yes, it was just there uh, Thursday uh, with the four sisters and the, there were people all over from all over the country that were there uh, checking it out uh, because they were in town for all these uh, all these meetings that are happening here in the Twin Cities. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish and... Uh, we're always uh, blessed to have uh, a great report from you and what's going on in Indian country, but specifically what's going on as you are a state senator and all the things that you do for our community and do for uh, our our nation, meaning our tribal nation. So welcome back, uh, state senator. Oh, thank you again for uh, giving me this time and this space to talk about all the good things that we're doing in Minnesota. Did you know that um, former President Obama tweeted about the incredible, incredible work that Minnesota is doing? And he's his uh, I don't have his his tweet in front of me, but it was basically, you know, United States be like Minnesota. We did so much incredible work this last session. Um and, uh, you know, the, it's funny because I asked my assistant to go through and find all the legislation that 
has positive effects for Indian country in Minnesota. And uh, he sent it. It took him over a week to do it. And uh, I sent it and I was looking at it on my phone. And I just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through my phone like, oh, my God. I mean, we'll have to do one just about that because there's so much good work. And when we were out at the conference, people kept coming up to me and saying, how did you do that? Wow. All that money, all the you know education, public safety, land back. I mean, we did it. At all. It was pretty incredible. You know, uh, this week uh, at Shakopee, uh, Lieutenant Governor spoke, and she was one of the uh, keynote speakers in the beginning. And t- uh, Thursday, the governor spoke, and I was getting texts from people going, you are so blessed to have this governor as as your governor because, you know, with Peggy and our legislators, all these things that have gotten done and the things that he says now he gets it, especially with, you know, having a lieutenant governor and working with the legislators as he does. He got a standing ovation. And, you know, <laughs> Indians don't like to do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know for a white man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, um, you have to have good leadership. Of course, you have to have good leadership. You have to have good partnership. Um, and, you know, the reason that we were able to do so much here in Minnesota is because we had a, we, first of all, during COVID, we, we received all those federal dollars. And so mm-hmm. we, we received quite a bit of it that, uh, Republicans wouldn't agree to spend on. So it just sort of sat there for a while. Mm-hmm. And then we had a surplus. And um, they didn't want to spend that either. In fact, I think they thought that they were going to take uh, the hat trick here at Minnesota and take full control of the governor's seat, the House and the Senate. Well, it turned out to be just the opposite. The Dems are in, in control. So there was that. You know, there was that surplus and some of the money left from from um, the federal government and, you know, just the regular thing. And so we had a lot of money to spend. And um, it was kind of hard. Our Republican counterparts, again, really dragged their feet and and. Um, really wouldn't wouldn't agree to anything unless we did what they wanted them that what they wanted to do and we did our best to accommodate them but mm-hmm. you know i alone in um uh just a second here i got this little sweetie here here's sweetie reedy um i alone i was i'm the chair of the education finance committee i had 5.3 billion dollars to put towards education billion dollars that's the mm-hmm. most money we have ever, ever invested in education. And that's starting with, you know, from age zero all the way through community ed and adult ed, um, kids with disability, EL. I mean, it's just it, the list went on and on and on. And we figured out a way to make everybody happy. And um, of course, as a past library media specialist, uh, I was very intent on um, making sure that. Our libraries, both our school libraries and our public libraries and our multi-use libraries um, got funding. And this was the largest, the most increase in, you know, resources for libraries in the state of Minnesota in the history of Minnesota. And so all these librarians are, are contacting me or wherever I go. It's like, I'm a librarian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, it, it's just I'm still kind of giddy and, and overwhelmed with with the good work that we did. You know, uh, I had somebody come up to me knowing that you're on our show and we've talked before and she works for the public schools is that, uh, she's going to get unemployment now. She works in the kitchen. That's, that's a, a, a game changer, uh, an emotional thing for somebody that, that works for our kids. Yeah. Does, does this thing and, uh, what a game changer. And this was kind of marked, uh, I think the governor called this the, Minnesota Miracle Part 2. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, across the nation, hourly workers in schools, so bus drivers that are con- that are um, contracted or that are uh, district that have their own bus service, not contracted mm-hmm. by a, another company. So the school bus drivers, the um, food people, the custodians, our paras and educational assistants, they never would get, they were never eligible for unemployment. Mm -hmm. 
which I thought was appalling. And that was one of the things I promised when I um, ran for for office. I promised my uh, EAs and those folks, I'm going to get you unemployment. Um, and we did. And mm-hmm. we're the first in the nation. I mean, we Minnesota does all these firsts, um, but we're the first in the nation to to ensure that um, that our hourly workers, our school hourly workers, have access to unemployment. Huge, huge. And you really know, I, you know, I know the story as being a young person. I had a friend that uh, worked on the river, which is a really hard job, but it, it was seasonal. And they got the whole winter off and was unemployment and mm-hmm. really made a lot of money doing that in that mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah. So why can't our, you know, well, thank you so much. I want to thank you, too, because yeah. it just didn't make any sense that we weren't supporting our boots on the ground. Yep. I put aside $135 million to start this project. That was out of our education um, budget. So we took that out, made it a whole separate line item. And now the schools can draw from that because we really don't know how much it's going to cost. uh, But having it in that separate budget line, uh, we can be able to monitor and see where, which schools are using it, which are not, um, are we funding it the right way? So this is really a good test, a litmus test for other states, because I have a feeling, like everything else, uh, people are looking to Minnesota to to replicate a lot of the good work we're doing. Yeah, and uh, it yeah, it is reminds me of the old old days of the DFL party, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. Wendell Anderson, Hubert Humphrey era happening again, and it's uh, really exciting uh, that we're taking care of our our people, our constituents, and uh, the people that need it the most. Oh, yeah. And our kids and our teachers, oh, my goodness, they they need anything and everything that they can get right now. I mean, even just to show them. I mean, if nothing else, it was a sign that we see you, we hear you, we appreciate you. We can't give you the rule of 90 or, you know, uh, the kind of pension that we'd love to give you, but we can start with this and it's a start. That's what it is, a start. It is. And again, Mary, I just got to say, I was in a restaurant and uh, I, it was a Saturday and this person works in the kitchen at this restaurant, but also for St. Paul Public Schools. And that was the first thing she said to me. It was like, heck yeah. Yep. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let, let's uh, talk about what the future brings here. Now you're elected. So are you f- you're four years now, right? Yes. Uh, our Senate in the Minnesota, uh, our Senate is four year uh, term. Then I have to get reelected for another four year term. Then by that time, it'll be uh, around and then it, uh, it'll be around the time that we have the census. So every 10 years. So it's a four year, four year, two year term. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't have to get elected now for another three summers. That's, that's awesome. And I think when you were a representative, it was almost like you had to be running all the time, which is kind of ob- obnoxious really, right? Yeah. That when you're in the house, uh, the house of representatives, you get, you have to go through elections every two years. And so, huh. yes, I just always felt like I was running to catch up. <laughs> What uh, is there any way that that can change? Because that just, I mean, it goes state by state. Is that a state constitutional uh, change? Yeah, as, that's wow. the way they set it up here in Minnesota. I mean, there are some, it, it, every state is different. Like some states, uh, they don't meet every single year. Right. They meet once out of every other year, um, which is, I don't know how they get anything done. <laughs> um, but I don't know that we would change it. I think folks kind of like other than making it maybe a full-time position, but um, those terms I think are kind of set. Yeah. That's interesting because I know we have our friends like uh, in South and North Dakota that uh, have it totally different. Um, Yeah. But but, wow, we got a lot done here. We're going to have another segment with state Senator Mary Kunish, Uh, just uh, great news and great happenings. You're listening to native roots radio presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. 
How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. Minnesota has made history by becoming the 12th state to pass paid family and medical leave into law. Starting on January 1st, 2026, you can take up to 12 weeks of paid leave when welcoming a new family member facing a health challenge or caring for a loved one. No longer will you have to choose between your job and your health or family. Join us in extending a heartfelt thank you to our legislators for their unwavering commitment to Minnesota families. Paid for by Isaiah. Visit IsaiahMN.org to learn more. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. JS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. On Saturday, June 17th, Metro Transit is making changes to transit service within your community. As they do each quarter, they review and analyze their resources and ridership trends. These service adjustments to routes continue Metro Transit's ongoing work to best serve customers throughout their system with their given resources. A summary of the upcoming service changes and a preview of the updated schedules are available now at metrotransit.org. That's metrotransit.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back uh, to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and uh, we've been talking a lot about some really positive and cool things. I, I think we we need to talk a little reality right now, too. Like I said earlier, the last time I saw your sister was in Washington during the, the hearings of ICWA, and I know her being a lawyer and a tribal lawyer, she was right inside the Supreme Court listening to this, and... Uh, this is coming up again, and uh, it's it's kind of a frightening thing for us Native Americans that it's even on the on the table for the Supreme Court because of what's happened in their last few decisions um, that have not gone in a good way. Yeah. Yes, uh, we it, it, there is that that grave concern across Indian country that uh, the Indian Child Welfare Act will be um, basically you know, shut down 
and those protections that uh, our, our tribes have had to ensure that the children are not adopted out of their outside of their tribes could go away. And that would, again, begin the annihilation, the genocide of our of our um, of our kids. Right. And uh, we were talking about, well, there was a, a sort of a letter to the editor this week. And it came from a um, a lawyer here in Minnesota um, who actually worked, was one of the original lawyers at the ICWA Law Center here in, in Minnesota. It's a, uh, a law center um, that uh, helps families and protects and ensures that ICWA is being upheld across the state. And Shannon Smith is an incredible, you know, director there. And mm-hmm. I've, I've heard her speak to this, but um, uh, the author of that bill uh, basically was saying that um, non-Native kids in Minnesota have greater protections in the state welfare uh, proceedings than the Native children. And that is, uh, that's coming from him because uh, we passed uh, a uh, legislation that bolstered the Minnesota Indian Family uh, uh, pr- Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act here in Minnesota, yeah. and um, it uh, basically is like a mini Minnesota uh, ICWA bill because we were very concerned that uh, it, this uh, federal ICWA will go away and then uh, the children won't have and the counties um, will have more authority over what happens to our, our native kids and the tribes wouldn't. Right. And so um, that was pretty awful. And it was interesting because I was just, you know, reading my newspaper you know, like I do in the morning, turn my the page and there's a picture of me and mm-hmm. this and this article and um, in it, he just really twists what the, the what the legislation actually did. And, uh, of course, because he wasn't involved in it, he doesn't know what's going on. And uh, there are parts of the, the MIFPA bill that we didn't have 100% agreement with, with the county and, and the attorneys. But we said, let's get this much done. As much as we can and as much as we can agree to, let's put this in place should ICWA go away, then at least we have these protections and we will continue. And so there is a working group. It's made up of uh, of uh, tribal lawyers, the county folks, the state folks, uh, people who are uh, experts in the field. We're continuing to look at the, at the MIFPA bill and looking at the language and the definitions to make sure that those protections are in place. And, um, again, many people are watching Minnesota waiting mm-hmm. for us to finish up this work or at least take what we've done so far and, um, share, you know, create that legislation in their own state so that they too have those protections. So I worked on a response to that uh, for the last couple of days and mm. Jody uh, and I can't, Aholia, uh, I can't pronounce her last name, uh, lawyers, um, uh, Rebecca McConkie Green, uh, we've been in touch for the last couple of days working on a response to it. And uh, I think the tribes will have a response as well. So, yeah. yeah. It's uh, disheartening, too, that uh, somebody that has worked with ICWA and knows uh, the, the pitfalls and why ICWA came in the first place to protect not only our children, but our sovereignty is now under attack. But again... Minnesota is the guiding light here and on so many good things. Uh, we want more people to move here. <laughs> well, you know, we also, uh, Minnesota passed some really strong trans rights, mm-hmm. um, especially for kids. And of course, our reproductive freedom bill. Um, right. And so uh, while our Republican counterparts will say, oh, everybody's leaving the state because of our taxes <laughs> and because of this and because of that, um, you know, I say, all of my, go ahead and, and uh, head out. But, you know, probably for everyone, we've got two or three families coming to Minnesota so that they and their children um, have a safe place to live. Right. And some of these states like Florida, can uh, parent can go to jail. 
Yep. You know, uh, it's insanity uh, happening. And uh, again, uh, Minnesota's always had a, a high, you know, standard of living here. And uh, I think with uh, the bills and the actions, it just uh, really reinforces that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, who wants to raise taxes? Who wants to charge taxes on things? None of us want to do that because we end up, you know, also having to, to pay those taxes. But unfortunately, if you want nice things, you have to pay for them. Uh, you've seen what one winter does to the Minnesota roads. How are we going to keep up on that? Uh, and our lakes, our streams, our environment, you know, they just, uh, the federal government overturned the uh, permit to do that mining, that nickel uh, yeah. uh, mining up by the boundary waters. So um, if we want to keep nice things, we have to pay for it. Exactly. And that is exactly it. But I guess we can just see in the last uh, session that uh, our Republican relatives are really basically for nothing. They're against a lot of things, but what what are their solutions? And so it just... I think people are seeing that. And again, mm -hmm. we always applaud uh, people like Haley, that's the Gen Z coming in there and and knowing that these uh, these things are showing that you're not going to maybe have a house like everybody did. You're not going to live as long as we are because of what uh, generations and, and not only generations, but just greed have done to the environment and and um, and things like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Gen Z, uh, I think we definitely grew up seeing um, kind of the mess that, you know, that was done to the environment and, and not only to the environment, but our people and our minorities. And yeah, uh, from a Gen Z, I can I can sit here and say we're, we're ready for some positive change here. And I think we're willing to do um and and get out there. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, uh, state senator's frozen, so hopefully she'll come back. But, uh, I, I, you know, gun control. Mm -hmm. I mean, these insane things that 70 and 80 percent of the uh, people are for. Mm -hmm. And yet we have uh, a voting block of NRA and uh, people that basically do not are not really thinking thinking the way we do um, in the whole community. So again, welcome back state Senator. I think one of the things we were just talking about is how, how you guys have been listening to the people and not the special interest, I think is what I've been trying to say here. And um, that makes a big deal. And again, you know, people are watching what's happening. And again, we were talking Haley and I a little bit about how the Gen Z's are plugged in because of what, kind of mess the the boomers and the greedy people are leaving them yeah i mean I, I you know i listen to my republican counterparts and i encourage them to bring me really good bills in the education committee and i would hear their bills when i was you know the last when i have been in the minority with the republicans in the majority they would never hear our bills and I, you know, I heard as many good bills as as came to me, you know, and uh, we even included a few of our the Republicans uh, bills in there. But uh, the kind of the, the things that they want to do it is not good for for our people. You know, that's like you said, the, a lot of the special interests. I mean, Democrats have special interests, but most of the time it's it's because they're going to do good things, especially our, our nonprofit. Um, our nonprofit folks who do so much of the work um, outside of our state government and that sort of thing. The cookies are all gone. Oh, no cookies for grandbaby. No cookies no cookie for Rita. <laughs> Rita, you look like you combed your hair with a firecracker. Oh my gosh, this girl. Come here. You want to <laughs> say hello to everybody? Yeah. Yeah, oh. she's got uh, she's got some pretty wild hair here. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's just I don't know. It used to be that Republicans and Democrats could work together and, and find consensus and really meet the needs of their communities. My dad was a strong Republican. He actually started the um, Republican caucus up in the little town that uh, 
that I grew up in, in the, up in the St. Cloud area. Mm-hmm. And um, but it was a different kind of Republican that were really uh, sensitive to the needs of, of everybody in Minnesota. Um, I know Republicans don't want to spend and, you know, be they are very fiscally conservative and um, which is a wonderful thing to be. I mean, I myself consider myself uh, fiscally conservative. Mm. But again, if we want good services, if we want good things, we have to make sure that that we're paying for them and we're keeping we're maintaining them. I mean, look what's happened to our schools because we haven't been doing the best. So we got to do it for the next generation and the next up to the next seven generations. And yes, we are starting it here. Right on. Hey, thank you, State Senator Mary Kunish, uh, for all your work and uh, and the work you will be doing. And of course, uh, stopping in and giving a great update to our our listeners. Uh, really appreciate you. You bet. Wopilatanka, everybody. We'll oh, and I got oh. to see the bison return yesterday down in Hastings. So we're bringing back the bison. Right on. <laughs> oh, Brida. Hey, say bye bye. Bye-bye. Oh, she waved. Hey, we'll be right back with Wendy with uh, Fun Facts Friday. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Minnesota has made history by becoming the 12th state to pass paid family and medical leave into law. Starting on January 1st, 2026, you can take up to 12 weeks of paid leave when welcoming a new family member facing a health challenge, or caring for a loved one. No longer will you have to choose between your job and your health or family. Join us in extending a heartfelt thank you to our legislators for their unwavering commitment to Minnesota families. Paid for by Isaiah. Visit IsaiahMN.org to learn more. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of this show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? As you could hear, there's three howls there, and we got Wendy with our Fun Facts Friday. Wendy, welcome to Native Roots Radio. I know you're out in New York, and it's uh, it's not smelling so good out there. Well, I just looked, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, I am in Long Beach, uh, New York. Uh, we have an air quality alert of 157, which means it's still unhealthy. However, it's better than yesterday at about the same time. So we are improving, but it's still unhealthy. So uh, all outdoor activities at schools have been suspended. Uh, 
school teachers, my sister and my nephew are both home teaching remotely today. And uh, there's no Yankee game. So there you go. Wow. And uh, well, I appreciate you stopping in. I know there's a lot going on Mm. and you got to, it's kind of weird. You got to stay in the house and all that. Uh, Really bad in in New York. We recommend you not leaving the house. It's crazy. But hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many years and she's been on the show for over seven years talking about our sacred animals and how we can protect them. And Friday's our, our, our fun day, right, Wen? That's right. Hey, everybody. My name is Hani Jiti Hani, which means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hani Jingo, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a Humane Policy Volunteer Leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. And I always look forward to Fridays so that we could talk about Fun Facts Friday. And I have this list here. It's called the Fact Site Hashtag. And it's Science, Nature, and Animals. And it's 300 Random Animal Facts. And it's written by Luke Ward. And we've been kind of chipping away at this list for quite a while. But what happened was I started from number 300 and I'm working my way up to number one. So I'm not sure exactly where we left off last time. So these <laughs> may these may be a repeat, uh, but they're still fun to hear, even if it's for a second time. That's so right. 185, there are roughly 24,000 species of butterflies. That's a lot of butterflies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yellow tail. Yellow tail is the general name for loads of different species of fish that have yellow tails or yellow bodies. I could hear uh, our cat Lucy in the background. She always wants to be on the radio when it's Fun Fact Friday. So hello, hello, Lucy. She approves. Uh, yeah, butterflies can see the colors, only see the colors, red, green, and yellow. So that, that would be good. So this way they know when they come up to a traffic light, they know when to go, when they can stop, and when they need to slow down, right? Red, green, and yellow. Mm. This is a kind of a gross uh, fact. Hippos attract mates by urinating and defecating. Okay. That's pretty sexy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Polar bears are the world's largest land predators. I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought that. I thought maybe like um a hippopotamus would have been. But according to this uh fact site here, polar bears are the world's largest land predators. Yeah. Wow. Ar- arachnophobia is the fear of what? Do you guys know? Spiders? That's right. Arachnophobia is the fear of Spiders. Wasn't there a, um, a movie called Arachnophobia? I do believe, but uh, that's not on my list, my Netflix list. <laughs> I know, right? Here's another fun fact about butterflies. They have their skeletons on the outside of their bodies. This is known as exoskeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs are about as smart as a two- or three-year-old child. Oh, I always thought it was older. Well, I know Wanda, our dog Wanda, is probably like a seven-year-old. But yeah, Yeah. dogs are about as smart as a two- or three-year-old child. That's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. Yeah, shark corneas are being used in human eye transplants. (laughs) Jeez. I don't think I like that. But yeah, we'll save that for another time. A cheetah lifespan is up to how many years do you think in the wild a cheetah how long do you think a cheetah lives in the wild well they're robert do you have any idea they're fast so i'd say 12 years hey you are exactly right really well yeah 12 (laughs) years a cheetah's lifespan is up to 12 years in the wild yes one one in a row what do i win (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, we'll have to see <laughs> A duck's quack Does echo It's just almost impossible To hear Huh, hmm. is that like when a tree Falls in the forest? No, I don't know <laughs> Can you hear a tree Fall in the forest <laughs> if nobody's there Is that how it goes? Yeah. 
something like that, right? Yeah. Barn owls hunt mostly small mammals, such as short-haired voles. V-O-L-E. You know what a vole is? No. Neither do I. Let's see if I can look it up really quick. It's probably some type of a, uh, say like um, one of those animals that go under underneath um, the ground. Moles? They, yeah, is a mole next to a vole? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God, it's cute. Voles are small rodents <laughs> that are relatives of uh, lemmings and hamsters. Wow. But it's got a little a shorter body and longer hairy tail and slightly rounder head. Yeah, it looks like a little mouse. Very cute. So that's a vole. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this, Robert. You'll be happy to hear this. Mm-hmm. Cat owners are 30% less likely to suffer a heart attack. Wow. Except, except if your cat is Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Lucy, Lucy's stressing Lucy, us out. She is stressing us out. She's not a mellow. She's not a mellow cat. She meows and startles us. She shocks us sometimes. Yeah. Like when you're sound asleep, she comes right into your face. Like her nose touches your nose, and she meows really, really loud. Jeez. Okay, so cat. Here's another cat fact. Cats have over 100 vocal sounds, while dogs only have about 10. Huh. Yeah. So that's, they have more vocal sounds. I Here believe. we go. Dogs yeah. have a wet nose to collect more of the tiny droplets of smelly chemicals in the air. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was like a healthy a health issue. Yeah. Yeah. Baby whales can gain up to 200 pounds a day. Whew. That's crazy. That's like your whole body, Robert. Yeah. Plus a couple of extra pounds. <laughs> exactly. More than 45 million turkeys are cooked and eaten in the U.S. at Thanksgiving. How many? Well, I'm 45 million turkeys Damn. are cooked and eaten in the U.S. at Thanksgiving. To me, that's a horrible fact because I'm vegan and I don't eat any animals or animal products because I love animals. So to me, you know, if I say I love animals, it's because I love all animals. And if you love something, you don't eat it. So that's that's. Well, we haven't had a turkey for Thanksgiving uh, Day in probably 15 years, 14 years. Uh, um, yeah, probably close to that. Yep. And I don't miss it. But here we go. Here's some more fun facts. We got only time for like one more. Okay, here we go. Some dogs can smell dead bodies underwater. Whoa. So that's good if they're looking for like a corpse or, a, you know, somebody's body. So there you go. That's Fun Fact Friday. Everybody have a great weekend and stay safe. Right on. And you'll be hearing Wendy live next week uh, on her regular scheduled day. You're listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I appreciate you, Wendy. So, hey. If you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It's the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard's Health here. Now. Now. Now.